0: you are listening to the bellator christie podcast brought to you by BellatorChristi.com. now join your host brian chilton as we enter the arena of ideas
1: Taking up the sword of Christian theology and the shield of classic apologetics, this is the Bellator Christi Podcast, where we take Christian truth into the arena of ideas. This is your host, uh, yours truly, Brian Chilton. We thank you for joining us on today's podcast. You uh, just have to bear with me today. I've, been, uh, I've gotten over the flu, and uh, and on top of that, a sinus infection that developed uh, from having the flu, so uh, sounding uh, I'm sounding a little rougher than normal, so uh, just bear with me I do have a wonderful podcast on tap for you today uh, We're going to bring on with us a little bit later on Jason Klein He's no stranger to the Bellator Christie podcast uh, He is a chaplain with uh, Mountain Valley Hospice and Palliative Care in uh, southwestern Virginia uh, He'll be with us on the air and we're going to talk about uh, the uh, image of God and uh, the importance of, um, of of being able to to rationally discuss issues. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the problem that we face in our time uh, about people easily becoming offended. You know, and this this has a this this becomes problematic when we talk about issues of theology, especially. Uh, And if you know, I'm I'm sure most of you know that uh, if you are living and residing in the United States, you know that the nation has become greatly divided over politics from last year. I mean, you have literally it seems like half the country hates the other half and there's no rational discourse uh, involved there. So uh, we're going to talk a little bit about this and the problems therein and where this came from. Uh, how did we get to this point where we are so offended at the drop of a hat uh, that we wear this proverbial chip on our shoulder? So we're going to talk with him a little bit later on. Also, uh, we're going to talk about uh, some news uh, of a church in Spindale, North Carolina, in the western part of North Carolina called the Word of Faith Congregation and some problems uh, coming from that congregation. So we're going to take a look at that and uh, talk a little bit about church abuse And uh, the problem, some of the dangers, some of the things you need to watch out for as it relates to that. And then finally, we're also going to talk about, I'm going to give you, uh, as I posted on the the BellatorChristy.com website, uh, a review of the Christian Standard Bible. That is uh, set to be released in March of this year, 2017. So uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later as well. Before we get started, I do want to let everybody know that the Bellator Christie podcast is a production of bellatorchristie.com. We are heard on iTunes, uh, TuneIn Radio app, and now for the first time ever on Stitcher Radio. So we encourage you to go uh, catch us on one of those podcatchers. And uh, do do that and subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast and uh, hopefully you'll be blessed by doing so. You'll catch all the podcasts as they become available uh, right there in uh, on, on, on your uh, tablet or iPod or, or whatever you use to listen to this podcast. Uh, also, go to BellatorChristie.com. Uh, again, this is a production of BellatorChristie.com. Be sure to go to the website and while you're there... Uh, click subscribe and enter in your email address, and by doing so, you'll you'll receive all of the articles and the podcasts as they become available. And once again, that's at bellatorchristi.com, B-E-L-L-A-T-O-R-C-H-R-I-S-T-I.com. And so we encourage you to go and do just that. Uh, first and foremost, I want to tell you, I want to talk a little bit about the new uh, translation that's coming available this uh, this March and it's called the Christian Standard Bible. Uh, this is a revision of the Holman Christian Standard Bible uh, that, uh, that you may have seen. Uh, the Christian Standard Bible is a new translation and uh, I want to thank, it's uh, produced by Holman Publishers and Lifeway, Holman Bibles uh, that is and so I want to thank Holman Publishers for this free review copy that they sent to me here at the church. And uh, I've had a chance to review it, have a, had a chance to look over it. Uh, you can actually go, even if you don't have a review copy, to CB, excuse me, CSBible, CSBible.com, and you should be able to pull up. And read the Christian Standard Bible for yourself. Let me type this in and make sure this is right. CSBible.com Yes, you go to the website. That's right. CSBible.com And if you go to the website, you'll see at the upper part of your screen, uh, there'll be a link uh, that says about the CSB. Choose your CSB uh, and read the CSB. If you go to where it says read the CSB, There is a drop-down box, and you click CSB Online. You click on that, and it will take you to the online edition of the Christian Standard Bible, and you can read the translation for yourself. Uh, I have been pleasantly surprised uh, by the CSB. I'll go ahead and tell you. Uh, I I liked the Holman Christian Standard Bible, but there were a few things about the translation uh, that, a few little quirks, that I couldn't quite get over. Uh, that, that kept it from being. My main. Uh, my main primary. Study Bible. Um, you know so. <clears throat> um, the, the And one of the major things. One of the major difficulties I had. With the Holman Christian Standard Bible. Was the excessive use. Of the personal name for God. Which is Yahweh. Uh, in numerous Old Testament passages. Now. The tradition of most English translations is that they will use the all-capped Lord, L O R D, in all caps, and this follows an tr- ancient tradition dating back to the translation of the Septuagint. And at the time, uh, at times, like HCSB, uh, the Holman Christian Standard Bible, use the traditional all-capped Lord, but it, it seemed like it, the the way it varied between Yahweh and Lord, it just It it, it seemed a little bit bizarre to me, and so it it was enough of a quirk that just kept me from really, I I like the translation, but I didn't love the translation. Well, the CSB, and and, and let me just say the Holman Christian Standard Bible in other places had a few idiosyncrasies that uh, made the translation a little, in my opinion, difficult to understand. Well, the wonderful news is about this new CSB is that it has done away with many of the idiosyncrasies, many of the uh, quirks that are found in the HCSB. The CSB reads like any major translation out there, English translation, that is. Uh, So I really believe it, it, it brings a good balance of readability and accuracy. I would even dare say that it brings the readability of the NIV, with the scholarship and accuracy of the ESV and New American Standard. Uh, in addition, the CSB holds the same amount of quotational freedom that's the is found in the ESV, which I found to be tremendous. In fact, if you look at the opening cover, you'll see that, and then I'm reading this verbatim, the text of the Christian Standard Bible may be quoted in any form, written, visual, electronic, or audio, up to and inclusive of 1,000 verses 1,000 verses, without written uh, permission of the publisher, provided that the verses quoted do not account for more than 50% of the work in which they are quoted, and provided that a complete book of the Bible is not quoted. And then it gives you the address to send uh, any type of uh, request for permission so that is tremendous i mean that is tremendous you know in another tra- many other translations you'll see only 500 verses are permitted but this like the esv allows 1000 verses uh an incredible amount uh which is is very good and uh another thing i i found about this translation is that uh you know the niv used to, and and really probably still is the king of the mountain when it comes to to bible translations it's the most popular translation out there now. Um, but in 2011, the new updated version of the NIV held some issues that, um, that many did not particularly like. Uh, it, it, it took some stances. Uh, it interpreted things in a manner that um, went beyond, beyond the scope of what a translation should do. Now, I'm not going to say whether I think they're right and they're wrong. There are some places that I think the NIV was right in in doing some of the things they did. There are some other places that I think are quite suspect and some other places that I think they are, in fact, wrong in doing what they did. Uh, but needless to say, uh, it, it always, at least for me, even though I still use it, the NIV 2011 for study, uh, it, it it still leaves, <laughs> it still leaves a, a a lot to be desired. I think in in the way that they've handled some of the things that they did, and um you know and and there's always going to be that uh, that little uh, mask of uh, or that little cloud of uncertainty uh, with the translation or the cloud of controversy is is a, is a better way of wording that uh, over the NIV two thousand eleven. <clears throat> well, the wonderful thing about the CSB is that I think it honestly reads a lot like uh, the NIV 1984. It, it avoids a lot of the more controversial things that, is found, that are that's found in the uh, NIV 2011. And um, it and is, like I said, is as readable as the NIV, but is as accurate as the ESV and New American Standards. So I really think that uh, this is a wonderful translation. And to be honest with you, I think Coleman uh, Bible Publishers and Lifeway, I think they hit a home run with this. I really do. And um, I really think, to be honest with you, that this has the possibility, or at least the potential, to, um, to be one of the major contenders, if not the top Bible. I think it has at least that potential. Now, whether it does or not, I don't know. I'm not a prophet, and I'm not going to make a prediction like that. But I think it has at least the potential to, of doing that. So I've been very pleasantly surprised with what I've read. Um, The translation uh, does use some, some gender neutral language when, when this, uh, and and this is a complicated topic. They, uh, the term anthropos in Greek, uh, sometimes it is literally man, but sometimes it includes in its definition in the Greek text both men and women, and there is a form that's used in Greek that will a case ending and a formulation that's used there that will let uh, translators know when both men and women are spoken of, or are 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 mentioned or denoted in the text. Uh, so the CSB translates the plural of the Greek term anthropos as people instead of men, where both sexes are implied. However, the CSB does not force the text to include gender neutrality where it's not found. Uh, the CSB states in the introduction that the translation does not restructure sentences to avoid them when they are not in the text. The translation has also retained many theological terms uh, found in Scripture, such as justification, sanctification, redemption, and and things of this nature. Uh, the translation style of the CSB is also known as optimal. Equivalence, uh, which is a style that takes the original words, phrases, and clauses, as well as sentences of the original language, and uses the latest language tools to find English equivalents to the original tent while keeping the text readable. Now, having taken both Greek and Hebrew, I can tell you that the translation process is not always easy. Uh, it really isn't. And, and many people will make a big to-do about word-for-word translations But understand, it's sometimes difficult to find an equivalent English word for a Greek or uh, Hebrew text. So you have to do, translators have to do as best as they can to find the equivalent for that. So all translations, including the King James Version, uh, include a a version of this where they have to um, arrange things. To erase words and sentences into a degree where people will understand that the context or the intent of the passage. So, and, and personally, I feel that the CSB is a smash hit. I would highly recommend this translation. I think it can be and potentially could be one of the top translations of our time. It's as every bit as readable as the NIV, but avoids the controversy that has plagued the 2011 edition of the NIV. The CSB could well become as popular as the 1984 edition of the NIV, that the NIV was. Um, And the CSB will be available, the Christian Standard Bible, the CSB will be available everywhere, March of 2017. And a a good friend of mine, Kevin Kionis, told me, uh, this is something else to keep in mind, that if you love apologetics the way I do, there is a new apologetics Bible coming out. Uh, I think around August of this year, August of 2017, that will be based on the CSB text. So there will be a brand spanking new apologetic study Bible coming out with the CSB translation, new articles, updated articles in this apologetics Bible. Command, so man, I don't know about you, but I am excited about this translation. I think this is going to be a great addition uh, to the English translations that, are, uh, that exist already. Let me give you some sample text, and then I need to move on. Uh, Excuse me. Uh, Here's some sample text. John 3 16, it words this way For God loved the world in this way, that He gave His one and only Son, that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have everlasting life or eternal life. John 14 6 says in the CSB, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Uh, John 1, 1 1-5 says, In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through Him, and apart from Him, not one thing that was created has, not one thing that was created that has been created. I may have written that wrong. But in Him was life, and and, uh, that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. Psalm 14.1 says, The fool says in his heart there is no God. They are corrupt. They do vile deeds. There is no one who does good. Uh, Psalm 110.1 says, This is the declaration of the Lord to my Lord. Send at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Now, I was looking through this as well. And uh, one thing I noticed, uh, let's see if I can find the text here. Um, let me switch over to... Um. Bear with me just a second. I'm looking. Um, I noticed that the ESV does something kind of weird in the Gospels. Um. Okay, here we go. The ESV, whenever whenever we talk about. Uh, the Last Supper, uh, with the last Passover that Jesus celebrated, uh, they would say, it would read something that they would say, at table, instead of at the table. Now, I don't know, maybe I'm just a little neurotic, but that drove me crazy. (laughs) The good thing is the CSB translates that as the table, at the table, and so it reads a little better, I think, than... um, and uh, the ESV does in that point. But again, I love the VSV again, too. I think it's a good translation. But I, I'm, I'm really very fond of the CSB, and I think the CSB is a smash hit indeed. All right, switching gears, I want to talk uh, a few moments about another issue, and then uh, we're going to bring Jason Klein on with us uh, as we talk about uh, the issue of offense and uh, the problems of offense I want, to, I want to talk a, a, a few moments about an issue going on in Spindale, North Carolina. Uh, this is a uh, this is a town in the southwestern area of North Carolina, my home state, um, and this is about a uh, issue with a church called Word of Faith Fellowship, and this was first reported on ABC11.com and. And the uh, article that I'm reading is uh, is care of their website, uh, but written by AP Associated Press, Mitch Weiss. Uh, it was it was uh, ri- uh, written Monday, February 27th at 3:06 p.m. and um, and and I want to read just a little bit of this. I mean, in fact, this is so disturbing that I even heard um, many people say that they couldn't even can read the entire article because it was so vile. I mean, and it's really demonic. And and Mitch Weiss reports, and I uh, quote, from all over the world, they flocked to this tiny town in the foothills of the Blue Ridge Mountains, lured by promises of inner peace and eternal life. What many found instead, years of terror, waged in the name of the Lord. Congregants of the Word of Faith Fellowship were regularly, get this, punched, smacked, choked, slammed to the floor, or thrown through walls in a violent form of deliverance meant to purify sinners by beating out devils. 43 members told the Associated Press in separate exclusive interviews. Victims of the violence included preteens and toddlers, even crying babies, who were vigorously shaken, screamed at, and sometimes smacked. To banish demons. Catherine uh, Fetichu, 27, who spent nearly 17 years in the church, says, I saw so many people beaten over the years. Little kids punched in the face called Satanists. Word of Faith Fellowship, an evangelical church. I would not even call it an evangelical church. I wouldn't even call this a church. okay. With hundreds of members in North Carolina and branches in other countries, also subjected members to a practice called blasting, an ear-piercing verbal onslaught often conducted in hours-long sessions meant to cast out devils. As part of this investigation, the AP reviewed hundreds of pages of law enforcement, court, and child welfare documents along with hours of conversations with Jane Whaley, the church's controlling leader, secretly recorded by followers. The AP also spent more than a year tracking down dozens of former disciples who scattered after leaving the church. Many initially were reluctant to break their silence because they had hidden their pasts from new friends and colleagues and, and because they remained afraid of Whaley. Those interviewed, most of them raised in the church, said word of faith leaders waged a decades long cover up to thwart investigations by law enforcement and social services officials, including strong arming young victims and their parents to simply lie. He goes on to say that they, they said members were forbidden to seek outside medical attention for their injuries, which included cuts, sprains and cracked ribs. The former members said that they were speaking out now because of guilt for not doing more to stop the abuse and because they fear for the safety of the children still in the church, believed to number about 100. Several former followers said some congregants were sexually abused, including minors. On one recorded conversation, Whaley admits to being aware of the sexual assault of three boys, but not reporting it to authorities. In the past, Whaley has strongly denied that she or other church leaders have ever abused word of faith members and contended that any discipline would be protected by the First Amendment's freedom of religion tenets. She and church attorney Josh Farmer turned down repeated AP requests for interviews to discuss the fresh allegations from the former uh, dozens of former congregants. But hours after the AP stories were released, the church posted a statement on its website calling the allegations false and contending that they were made by, quote unquote, certain former members out to target the church. Uh, The statement said that we do not condone or allow abuse in any form in our church. Let me just go on to say uh, the ex-members, let me go ahead and just just a little bit more and I'll finish this. uh, Well, maybe a little more than I expected. Uh, say the ex-member said that the violence was ever-present. Minors were taken from their parents and placed in ministers' homes where they were beaten and blasted and sometimes completely cut off from their families for up to a decade. Some male congregants were separated from their families and other followers for up to a year and subjected to the same brutal treatment. Teachers in the church's K-12 uh, ch- uh, school encouraged students to beat their classmates for daydreaming, smiling, and other behavior. Huh, to beat them for smiling, yeah. Another behavior that leaders said proved they were possessed by devils. Rick Cooper, 61, a U.S. Navy veteran who spent more than 20 years as a congregant and raised nine children in the church, said it wasn't enough to yell and scream at the devils, you literally had to beat the devils out of people. Word of Faith Fellowship has been scrutinized on numerous occasions by law enforcement, social services agencies, and the news media uh, since the early 1990s, all without significant impact, mostly because followers refused to cooperate. Some former members offered a more doctrinal explanation for their decades of silence, frequent warnings by Whaley that God would strike them dead if they betrayed her or her church. We were warned to keep the abuse to ourselves. If we didn't, we knew we would be targeted. You live in total fear, says uh, Liam Guy, 29, an accountant who fled in 2015 after nearly 25 years in the church. Which means, which means that he started the church when he was four. Word of Faith was founded in 1979 by Whaley, a petite former math teacher with a thick southern accent and her husband Sam, a for- former used car salesman, they are listed as co-pastors. But all those in interviewed said it is Jane Whaley, a fiery seventy-seven-year-old Christian, charismatic preacher who maintains dictu- dictatorial control of the flock and also ministers some of the beatings herself. She has scores of strict rules to control congregants' lives, including whether they can marry or have children. At the top of the list, no one can complain about her or question her authority. Failure to comply often triggers a humiliating rebuke from the pulpit or worse, physical punishment, according to most of those interviewed. Under Jane Whaley's leadership, word of faith grew from a handful of followers to a 750-member sect concentrated in a 35-acre complex protected by tight security and a thick line of trees. The group has also nearly 2,000 members and churches in Brazil and Ghana and affiliations with branches in other countries. It was Whaley's personality as much as her message, strong prayer, and deliverance turn around troubled lives and assure salvation that attracted people to the church, former members said. When she started Word of Faith in her early 40s, some of her former members recall her as a motherly figure offering hope to those struggling with alcohol and drugs or stuck in bad marriages. She filled a spiritual and emotional void, showering new congregants with love and attention, end of quote. There's a lot more uh, that can be read. Uh, Sexual abuse uh, that that took place, school beatings that took place at this uh, church. Um, Members are not allowed to watch television, go to the movies. They're not allowed to read newspapers or eat in restaurants that play music or serve alcohol. They cannot buy a house or a car without permission, or they can't grow beards. Well, I'm out, as so I wear a goatee. <laughs> and it goes on to say later on uh, that the truth needs to be told, and it talks about the lasting effects that have been had on uh, individuals in this movement. And let's just call this what it is. Can we? Well, I'm going to anyhow. It's a cult. It's a cult, folks. And, and, and I just want to say to you today that we have to be careful about this. I posted this on my Facebook account, and a man that I, that I greatly admire and appreciate, um, uh, let me, um, a man I greatly appreciate and admire, um, Dr. Leo Purser of Liberty University, he, he wrote this, and let, let, me find, let me find the article here, and I'll, and I'll uh, read, read what he said. He said, and I, and I agree, Someday this pastor and these leaders may find what Jesus meant when he said that you will be judged in the way you judge others. Until then, please speak up, people. God will judge abuse like this in a very harsh manner. And he is absolutely right. Absolutely. Folks, Church is supposed to be a family. It's supposed to be a place that you can come. You lift up the Lord. You praise the Lord. You you grow in faith together. It's not a place of manipulation. It's not a place of abuse. It's not a place where you're spiritually, emotionally, or physically abused. And if you are, folks, leave that church. I don't care how long you've been there. I don't care if your great grandpappy is the one who built the church. If that's what the church has become, you need to leave that church and find a good, God-centered, Christ-worshipping church. This word of faith church, I can clearly tell you, is not one such church. Many people on the social media would say the same thing. There's one word that comes to your mind. This is a cult. One individual, um, and I can't, I don't see his post right off hand. Okay, here it is. Uh, One individual who lives in this area of Spindale said that this is his hometown where he lives, where he pastors. And he says this report doesn't even touch the surface. It seems that this group is nearly untouchable. Well, understand, and this shows the, the, the problem of things like this, of places like this. Folks, the church is supposed to be a place of unity. It's supposed to be a place of love. It's supposed to be a place where we can come together. We can worship Christ. And if this is going on, you need to find yourself a good, good Bible-believing church. Not only a good Bible-believing church, but a a Bible, a Christ-serving church. You see, there are cults and there are cultic churches. Cultic churches may have some of their theology right, but they may, their practice, their orthopraxy may be wrong. And I'm not sure about all the beliefs. I I would question many of the core beliefs of Word of Faith Fellowship from, from what I've read. And, you know, just reading this from the newspaper article it seems like there are some really bizarre tenets, but you know the issue of prayer, the issue of you know their their belief in Christ. I'm sure is dead on the money, but beating people to get devils out is obviously obviously beyond bizarre, <laughs> beyond bizarre, the, and the level of control that is implemented over these people is 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 some, simply unhealthy, simply unhealthy. You see, the thing about people who truly worship Christ is they're going to want to try to lead you to Christ, lead you to the authority of Christ. Those who simply want control and to manipulate are going to lead you to themselves. And that's the clear distinction. That's the clear differentiation between a good shepherd and a false shepherd. If someone is is leading you, to become more in the image of Christ, they're dead on the money where they need to be. But if they're leading you to be controlled, to manipulate you, then folks, let me just tell you, that's not a true servant of Christ. That's someone who just simply wants to use the name of Christ to manipulate you. There's a world of difference. Reading from the CSV again, and when the chief shepherd appears, yeah. Well, let me just go up here to 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 First uh, Peter chapter five verse one. I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and witness to the sufferings of Christ as well as one who shares in the glory about to be revealed. Shepherd God's flock among you not overseeing out of compulsion but willingly as God would have you not out of greed for money but eagerly not not lording it over those entrusted to you but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears you will receive the unfading crown of glory in the same way you who are younger be subject to the elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So leaders that lead with an iron fist are not true leaders of Christ. Leaders who lead with, lead, who lead with compassion and love those are leaders that Christ uses. Well, at this time, we're going to switch gears, and we want to bring on with us Jason Klein. You know, we're talking, you know, a lot of times in our culture today, uh, we we have a problem with, with people getting offended at the drop of a hat. And, uh, you know, it's and this is even incorporates into intelligent discourse. I mean, we found even with the past election and things like this in the political spectrum that that no one is able to put aside emotionalism to intelligently discuss the issues at hand. And this especially becomes problematic when it comes into the theological spectrum when we talk about the big issues, the more important issues like God, the value of uh, humanity, and core essential doctrines uh, related to the Christian faith. We have with us today a good friend of mine and no stranger to the Bellator Christi podcast, and that is Mr. Jason Klein. Uh, Jason is a fellow uh, graduate of the Liberty School of Divinity with his uh, Master of Divinity degree in Theology and is currently working on his Doctor of Ministry degree at Luther Rice Seminary. And Jason, so we, we welcome you with, uh, with us on the today's podcast. Thank you for uh, taking a few moments out of your busy day uh, to be with us today, uh, talking about this issue, about how people are easily offended. And so uh, I'd like to get your insight on this issue. Uh, thank you, Brian. I'm on I this to uh, be an interesting topic for so many angles that we can approach this with. And I thought that I
2: would just share with you... Uh, Yeah.
1: I think you're exactly. Right. I, th- I think you're exactly right, and I think that the individualization has reached a point where, if if we if we think it, then we think that it's automatically right, but that's not necessarily the case. Say we needed to we needed to develop the uh, the community aspect of, of the value of each and every person, uh, and and also look. At, I think you had mentioned something about the natural law, the image of God being made in each person. You know, I, I'm not really 100% sure on that, but I, th- I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. But, well, Jason, yeah. so I was just going to say, I, I know you have a limited amount of time, and we do want to thank you so much for the time you've spent with us today, and you've added a lot of good insight. And I think there's a lot that uh, needs to be developed, you know, that could be developed even with what we're talking about here, because, um, you know, as you, as you mentioned about the volunteerism, you know, you know, a lot of fire departments around the nation are volunteer fire departments, volunteer EMS and you know, things of this nature. And, you know, and we could have a serious issue uh, if, if we lose the impact of volunteerism in our nation. And I think what you said makes a lot of sense. And, and it, you know, it begins with us, especially for the Christian, because we have a worldview that is based on uh, loving our neighbors, loving, you know, in fact, the second commandment even states in uh, in in of the Christianity of the Christian faith to love our neighbors as ourselves. So, you've given us a lot to think about, and and um, and hopefully we can get you on the show uh, again real soon when we have a little bit more time together. Absolutely, and I think uh, and I really think you you've given us a lot to chew on and a lot that we need to consider as a church, especially as a church moving forward. And, you know, and Jason, as we've mentioned before, you know, off the air, you know, th- this has huge theological ramifications as well, uh, because if if we're unable to, to sit down and talk about the things that really matter uh, theologically and we take offense, you know, that becomes problematic, wouldn't you say?
2: the life of the world.
1: Amen, amen. Jason, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Uh, for Jason Clark. you know, I think uh, Jason's right um, in, in what he says. And, you know, it th- going back to the issue of Hitler, you know, we have to consider the, the devaluation of, of human life that Hitler had in his campaign and in his life. You know, if you follow the logic behind the sacredness of life that he or the lack of that he placed on human life. You find that it originated from his his love affair of the atheist philosopher Friedrich Nietzsche, and as well as his understanding of Darwinian evolution. So, because of that, because he did not place a focus upon the value of humanity as found in the as found in God, and rather placed it on the survival of the fittest, and, and placed it on Nietzsche's Superman. Hitler was able to come up with a theory that uh, made him believe that he could create the super race. And so, folks, when we take when we devalue human life and we look at individuals as things rather than people made in the image of God, it changes our perspective. And as we talk about people becoming offended, we have to understand that while we are made in the image of God, none of us are perfect. Iron, as the Bible tells us, sharpens iron. There are some things that we are going to be wrong about. There are some issues on which we are going to think wrongly. And because of that, we need correction. And because of that, we need to evaluate the issues. We need to discuss them intelligently as we enter into the arena of ideas. And on that note, we want to thank you for being with us on the Bellator Christie podcast. We want to thank Jason Klein for taking uh, time out of his busy day for being with us and spending some time with us today. He did a wonderful job, and we look forward to having him on the podcast with us very soon. We're also looking—we're uh, also looking at having uh, Michael Bohm on the podcast coming up as soon as we can work out a date uh, to schedule an interview. Uh, he's going to be discussing cults with us coming up very soon. So, again, for Jason Klein, this is Brian Chilton. You've been listening to the Bellator Christie Podcast, brought to you by BellatorChristie.com.
0: The Bellator Christie Podcast is a production of bellatorchristi.com and is protected under Creative Commons copyright. All rights are reserved. The views expressed by guests on the podcast are of those expressing them and may not represent those of the host Bellator Christi Ministries or its affiliates. The theme played on the podcast is the song Epic and is produced royalty-free by Bensound Studios, found at bensound.com. Visit bellatorchristi.com and subscribe by entering your email to receive all the articles and podcasts in your inbox absolutely free. This podcast can also be found on several podcatchers, including iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. We thank you for joining us today. For Brian Chilton, this is Burl Childers saying God bless, and we'll see you next time as we enter into the arena of ideas.